to another episode of I Call Next, where a group of guys in the D.C. suburbs call next on all the biggest sports topics of the week. Boys, we are almost at the NBA Finals, right? Eastern Conference Finals underway, Bucks 2-1 lead in the series. And then last night, probably the most surprising game for me, um, Clippers, stay alive. Um, despite not having Kawhi, despite not having Zubak, um, down 3-1, and PG, the guy that everybody's been making fun of this entire playoff series and last year, um, stepped up big. Um, where do you guys want to start? I think we should start there, right? Like, we should start with, look, all the crap that PG's gotten, and to some point, rightfully so, because you have to be able to hit free throws at, at that level, right? But, like, I mean, what else do you want from the man at this point? What do you want? Like, he's not playing with a Devin Booker, he's not playing with DeAndre Ayton, he's not playing with Chris Paul. I mean, he's doing what he has to do. It's just unfortunate that every time he does well, he'll miss a free throw or miss a shot. It's really critical. And then you're like, there we go again. But it's like, it's kind of unfair to him. He was two free throws away from erasing a, a pandemic game, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, yeah. It, it's wild. I mean, props to him. He's it, The unfortunate part is that NBA Twitter is like not letting go of Letting letting go of the hate at this point. So I mean, I mean he's done everything. I can't ask. I couldn't ask you for more out of PG at this point. PG's not. He's not Devin Booker. He's not CP3. So like, I don't consider him a top 15 player. So to do what he's doing is pretty incredible at this point. Yeah, I mean it's incredible. Um, I think at some point you know you gotta give credit to Tyron well uh, and figure out how to get going. I don't know if you guys know this, but Ty Lue's got the best elimination or best winning win percentage when facing elimination in NBA history 10 to 2. Like that's not just by all the bike can when he's on the counts makes it happen. But it does help when you have uh PG go 15 of 20 from the field. He was on fire. He was absolutely on fire. It was fun to watch. Also Reggie yeah. Jackson. Also Reggie yeah. Jackson is playing light he's he's playing that Detroit contract now out. Like He's making all that money worth it now. Just, just for the another team. He just starting to think that he needed his glasses. He just couldn't see. I think so. Honestly, I think so. That's funny. Right, Reggie Jackson is balling. And honestly, the Clippers could be up 3-2 instead of down 2-3 right now. Um, like we mentioned, those two missed free throws in the end of the game by PG, if he would just make those, this would be a completely different series. And um, it's not far off. Like Zubak, I, w- I actually thought they would be knocked out last night. Um, but they played well. They played small ball. Morris um, stepped up big time, I thought. And um, PG, I, honestly, it's funny. I feel like when there's a lot of pressure, that's when PG kind of gets small, as do most people in life, right? But now I feel like there is no pressure, right? They lost their best player, Kawhi. They lost Zubak, who's another starting person in their starting five. I feel like there was no pressure on him because they were expected to lose. And he basically outshined. Um, but when you have Kawhi and when you have all your starting five, I feel like there's more pressure on him to contribute, and maybe that's when he doesn't play well. Um, but honestly, th- we're, we're going to a game six, and it's pretty exciting. I mean, it, it helps. I mean, it, it's wild, like you said, Morris. It helps when he starts off eight of eight or nine of nine. Like, they literally just mm-hmm. let him go onto the block, boom, turn around, jump for every time. Uh, I mean, they, they all played really well, right? Again, this is what I keep saying. It's like, can they get, can they do that for two more games? I mean, they played lights out. They got W, but can they do that for two more games to play on that level? Mm-hmm. Because they are, they are down. They do need people to step up, but well, you have one night, that's it. They're done. 
I'm just happy that it wasn't a sweep because when JK sent us those uh the eye emoji right after game one, I was like, I hate this. I hate this. I'm so glad. That's why I, I called him out in our group chat. I was like, so you're not gonna come when you know the sweep isn't happening. This very very convenient, huh? Um, as much as I would love to see a sweep, let's be honest, I'm not gonna. Right, like it's a good team, even though they're they're on the last legs. But you again, I think you got to give credit where credit is due. Tyrone Lewis played with very good players, coached good players. The man, as much as I like joke about him stuff, he knows what he's doing. He always seems to come through and figure it out. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe we do see games of and I have no idea. I would love remember my initial prediction: Clips in seven. Um, so so far, it's ringing still possible. I honestly think that the next game, I think, uh, I think we are sorry. Yeah, I think Devin Booker and CP3 come out. They have to come out lights out. Take. They don't want to go to a game seven. They go to game seven. I think they lose. Uh, I'm not going to jump on the Tyron Lue um, train that everybody, not just you guys, everybody seems to be jumping on. And his record is definitely speaks for itself. So credit to him. But you kind of mentioned it indirectly. He has good players all the time. Uh, he was on the LeBron team when LeBron was the best player in the league. He's on the Clippers when Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the league. Um, and sure, sometimes you have the best players and the team still doesn't perform. So you got to give him at least some credit. But I'm not going to call him and crown him one of the best coaches in NBA history or even of this past decade because he's just arrived at the perfect time. Just like Larry Brown. People used to um, give Larry Brown, or is it Larry Brown, or is it who is the Cleveland coach, the uh, bald guy that was basically riding LeBron's coattails, and then he came to the Lakers after he left Cleveland, and he stunk. He literally got fired in the first month of coaching, and it was evident that oh, not put that on Larry Brown. That is not Larry Brown. Larry Brown's no, no. a guy. And yeah, who was it? Mike Brown. Mike Mike Brown. Yes. Mike Larry, Brown. Larry Brown has won on every single level. He yeah, is a yeah. legend. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 Larry Brown. Brown. And it's hilarious because, yes, they're like, let's get this fool out of here right now on the Lakers. Yeah, it was so obvious. Literally, I think it was five games in, and the Lakers cut. Uh, they fired Mike Brown and paid him whatever they owed him contractually. Um, and I, I think Tyron Lou, to a little bit of a lesser extent, maybe. But the thing, the reason, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm digging into the weeds here. Um, I, let's I, see what I, I agree with you, and I understand what you're saying, and I, I agree that I would not call him the greatest coach ever. But... I, I will say that he's not just some Joe Schmo just riding only just a LeBron or whatever because the, the players themselves have came out and said that he does have the level of respect from them and he does understand the game and a way to help them succeed as well. But it definitely helps. It's, it's a compliment to have a, one of the greatest players playing with you, but you also have to do something with that too. But I understand what you're saying. The reason I think – go ahead. I was going to say at this point, I, I, I agree with both arguments in the sense. I don't think he's like the best coach ever, but I think at this point where you're down Kawhi and PG has had his struggles, you're getting the best out of Reggie Jackson. You're getting the best out of Marcus Morris. You're getting the best out of your guys. That's all you can hope for as a coach at this point. Makes you a pretty good coach at that point. I don't, I mean, he's not the best coach in the league right now, but I mean, he's doing his job and he's excelling at it at the moment. If he was up for promotion, I would consider it, but he's probably at the highest level he can be. I don't want the to reason him. the reason his players like him is because he can relate to him. He's only like ten years older than him. He's like one of the youngest coaches. Um, he's probably drinking with these guys after games and going out to clubs with them. So no wonder it is, I'm, I don't doubt that the players like him. Of course they like him. He's doing. He's still their age basically. Um, let's talk about and hang it yeah. out. 
Let's talk about Bucks Hawks, dude. Wait, before um, we go to that, before we go to that, you guys watched the game last night, right? You guys watched it, right? Can we talk about who should win the Oscar for the most dramatics of CP3 on that huge flop? Like it was yeah. like okay. Like, oh, hold on, hold on. I understand that he does do that. It, it it was a partial flop, but it wasn't a complete flop. Like it was. So when he, him trying to undercut and go under the screen, he definitely caught his legs a little bit, but. I mean, the man was going to fall, but he didn't have to fall like that. Exactly. No, no. He was going to fall. But it wasn't the fall. It was the extra literal, like, fish flop that I was like, yo, man, this is, this is acting. Like, this is great acting. I, like, I, I get it. You have to sell it. I get it. But I just saw him flop like a fish. Like, literally, I heard the SpongeBob. Like, you, hold on. Let me just tell you something. Like, I fucking hate uh, what Patrick Beverly for what he did because you never know if a player is hurt, first of all, uh, yeah. in that first two seconds afterwards. But, man. It was fucking hilarious the way he just flopped around. He was like flopping around. I know. I agree. I I agree because you, you don't know if the players hurt, but I was like, he's the one taking the entire screen and also falling, and he just got right back up. You know what he said, you know, he got the flagrant one, and what he what he said to CP3 right afterwards, right? What? He came back in. He walked up to him as the camera angles panning to him. And he said, "Way to sell it." Yeah, <laughs> dude, that that was a uh, that wasn't a flagrant in my opinion, but. I mean that that was a, that was an acting job. Not, but this is the thing I don't like. Uh, it's a good and bad. I mean, as much reviews as you do, it gives them more time to apply the textbook rule of what a flagrant is, which is I hate because in in a live moment when they call it call it that way, but when they go back and review it, we've seen a lot of regular plays become flagrants in the playoffs. We've seen a bunch of them, and I'm just like, man, sometimes. It's incidental contact, but by the definition of it's not a basketball player or whatever happens, a player's not intentionally trying to hurt somebody. But it, okay, if you're swiping for a ball and you accidentally catch him in the chin or something, I think that was yesterday, the day before, where it was it was caught in the chin, but it wasn't like he elbowed him in the face. It was, was just like you know, ripping through, you know, just underneath grays. That's that's not a flagrant. That's the just basketball, right? The Jay yeah. Crowder PG. Yeah, that wasn't a flagrant. That was a foul. It was clearly a foul, but it wasn't a flagrant either. Like, it was just, like, some of these, it's, like, like, watch it in, they have to stop watching it in slow motion, because right. when you're getting smacked in the face, you're obviously going to make a face, right? They need to watch it in real time. Yeah, like, that's, like, exactly. You got to watch it in real time. Yeah. Because you watch it, you're watching it like this, like, and then they had the music playing in the background, like, dunna, dunna, and then well, that's they're in a They're in a shitty situation, right? Because now, due to the review and due to exactly what i you know what i'm mentioning is what is the definition of a flagrant and that meets the criteria of a flagrant so they have to call it they have to be consistent yeah now, that's why they're going to call everything that's fine i get it i just i just the the, the the fish flop that chris paul had yesterday i was like yo denzel you must be working with denzel on this acting right here <laughs> that was fantastic but yeah that's it we can go to the other game I just, I can't, I haven't gotten that out of my memory since yesterday. Well, obviously, you're going to get the best uh, viewer experience, right? You got the guy that messes with people, and you got the guy that likes to flop, so you got the best of both worlds putting on it's, the show. It's, it is, honestly, it is it is primetime TV. Like, TNT knows drama, is what I'm going to say. TNT <laughs> knows drama. <laughs> oh, man. All right, you want to go tonight to... We, tonight, we have game four, right? Bucks, Hawks, in Atlanta. Um, Bucks are up. And honestly, the way I don't know, guys, I don't know if you guys saw the game, uh, the last game, but the way the first quarter was going, you thought Atlanta was going to finish the game with 40 point lead uh, to end it. And then to the credit of the Bucks, man, like they, they, they crawled their way back before half. Um, and I think what's his name? Trey Young got injured, rolled his ankle. 
um, towards the end of that game. I don't know what his status is for tonight, but if he's out or if he's limited, the series is over. They, Atlanta, as much um, as credit as I give their role players, they're role players. And you need Trey Young. Like that entire offense relies on him. Um, if he's hurt, I don't think this series is going anywhere but um, to a 4-1 end. I'm looking up. I'm trying to see if his status is there, but uh, that's still so questionable. Yeah. He did come back in the last game, but I, I don't know if he looked limited, but the commentators kept saying he did. So I guess I started buying into it. And I'm sure he probably was limited in some fashion. Um, but he's that entire offense. Like you need Trey Young at least 90% to have a chance. Um, and if they don't, I, I think Milwaukee is going to cruise their way into the finals. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. You don't have Trey Young. Like, I don't know who can create to that level mm-hmm. of Trey Young. Exactly. Exactly. He, that's a good way to put it. That's as simple as that. Like, if if no one can create, you don't get John Collin lobs alley-oop. You don't get Kevin Herter being open in the corner to hit threes. Like, I, I just don't mm-hmm. see how it happens. This team would also be better if, remember, um, Aaron Hunter's hurt right now. So this team's actually going to be pretty good even next year because they're missing one other 3 and D kind of guy. So, what, Pete, what were you saying? No, I was just going to – I was just agreeing with you. I was like, yeah, you got to have him on the court. He makes everyone better while they play, right? He yeah. does all the right things, and he's making those guys play better as well. So it's, it's a tough role to fill. You're not going to have a situation where you're like the Clippers where you're going to have another all-star like Paul George and then another Reggie Jackson and then another senior Morris, uh, you know, picking up the slack. You don't have that right. Yeah. Does anybody change their prediction on this, on this series? I think um, I said my, the Bucks. I, don't I think know. everybody but me said the Bucks. We all said the Bucks, but I, I don't change it. It's, I mean, it's a tall order to build for Atlanta. I think they're, I think that they were going to put up a good run, but it's unfortunate. We don't, we may not see a best case scenario with, Injuries playing out, but yeah, that holds tonight. Yeah, are you, how yeah, about, they need Trey Young for sure. Are you? How are you feeling about the Hawks? Let's say Trey Young does play, but like limited, like like he's hurt, but he's still gonna play through it. Let's say he doesn't miss time. Okay. Yeah, I don't. The think Bucks are hurt. winning. The Bucks are winning this series. They won the last game, and they won the series against the Nets not because of Giannis, but because of Chris Middleton. Yeah, dude. Um, the dude is going outside his body. And just hitting some big time shots, and he's a two time All Star, so I guess I shouldn't be surprised. But like, you look at him, and you don't think he's an All Star. His name doesn't like pop out um, as an All Star name, but he's playing like one. And like, honestly, I mean, Giannis is still scoring somewhere between thirty five to forty points a game, so it's not like he's non existent. But his points feel so quiet, and they're not in like the clutch moments of the games where you need the points. Middleton's the one making those points and um, carrying the team to get to that easy end of the result. Um, um, so I don't know. Without Trey Young, for sure, I, I think I'll be wrong in my prediction of the series. I mean, he's, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, right? Like, we all said it, too, when we are talking about uh, All-Stars, and I think it was JK. We were like, why is Middleton even up for consideration? Why does this man always even make an All-Star? And out of all people, like, he should be on the biggest stage right now doing the biggest things. He's, he's like, this is why I am who I am. This is why I'm in the discussion. I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for him. Yeah, agreed. I think the thing with Giannis is Giannis drives everything in the paint and either dunks it or lays it in. That's literally his only thing. That's his only move is to like drive a little bit, dunk it, or lay it up like a little scoop layup every time. That's his entire bag. And I agree, but don't, don't discredit that 
he at least has, you know, the confidence to take shots and he has yes. won yes, yes, yes. by doing that. He's Which effective. I'll versus where we talk about like Ben Simmons not even trying to shoot, right? I no, I it's effective. It's just not flashy, right? Like you don't like Chris Milton's hitting harder shot, like harder oh, complexity yeah. shots. Like that's what it is. Like Giannis getting 35 and he can get 35 on any team any night just because he's like 6'11 and strong as shit and can dunk on anybody. And he has enough ball handles to get there, right? Like it makes sense, but do you just listen to what you just said? That's just wild, right? <laughs> I mean, two time MVP, right? Like, I, I just yeah. two time MVP, any two time MVP. And, and it, I mean, I mean, obviously, we take it for granted sometimes, but yeah, I mean, without, without those 35 points, whether the quiet or not in the clutch, it's, sure. it's, it's huge. 35, 40 points a game is insane. I say it nonchalantly because any two-time MVP yeah, should be able to drop that's, 35 that's what, I'm, that's what I'm joking about. I'm saying it's funny the way you mentioned that. Yeah. Except Steve Nash, but he can give you 35 <laughs> assists. That, he'll give you 35 assists, which is probably better, to be honest with you. That's 70 points at least. So, yeah, I mean, this has been the best playoffs in a while. Because, like, I literally don't care who goes to the finals at this point. I'm just going to watch it for fun at this point. Like, I don't care if the Clippers go. I don't care if the Suns go. I don't care if the Bucks or the Hawks go. I am here for the ride. My team was never really ever in it, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> I no agree with all that except for the Clippers. Fuck the Clippers. <laughs> I mean, I don't even care. I, like PG is doing everything at this point that it'd be cool to see it. So, I mean, I put money on both of them. So whatever, I'm good either way. That's also what's happening here. Uh, but yeah. This time next week, when we meet again, we could be in the finals by then. Um, the only series that may last long enough is this Bucks Atlanta series, but. The um, Clippers and Suns series, I think, is up by two games compared to the Clippers Suns or to the Hawks and Bucks. Let's talk about. It will end. The series will end Friday. The Atlanta Milwaukee. No other one. Yes. Let's talk about other news in the NBA. Um, It's not just the four teams that are in the playoffs, right? We had some recent hirings. We did. We did. Uh, Pete, do you have it up? I mean, I think I've yeah, I've got a I got a handful of teams here. Let's just, so let's go through it. So we have uh, Atlanta Hawks, right? So um, what we have Nate McMillan. Mm-hmm. He's so we got Lloyd Pierce out. So we got Celtics. Uh, as we all knew, Brad Stevens stepped out of that position uh, to take the team president role. So we've got Doka, um, former 76ers assistant. So he's going to become uh, the Celtics head coach. Uh, some of the more flashier names. So we've got Dallas Mavericks. So Rick Carlisle's out. Jason Kidd's coming in. So mm-hmm. stop me wherever you want, but I'm going to keep rolling through these. Uh, I mean, well, let's talk about that one right off the bat, right? I mean, former player. He was a head coach prior. Remember the whole um, water bo- water cup incident? He was like, run into me, so they have to get a timeout. Um, oh which my is really goodness. smart, yeah. but I can see how you might get fined for that. Um, I think that's a good hire. I mean, that's how you want Luca to play is like Jason Kidd, right? I mean, Jason Kidd did everything. Luca does everything. He Luca almost averaged a triple double this year, right? It was like twenty eight nine and nine, right? So I mean, or eight and nine or something like that. Like yeah, a great, great. It's a great person to like emulate at that point. I mean, you got to get KP out of there, but I think that's that's a great hire if Luca can learn from him and become Jason Kidd. So this is his third head coaching stint, right? It he is. was with the Nets, then he was with uh, Milwaukee for a much longer period. Yeah. And then since getting fired from there, he's been an assistant with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, is he a good coach? I feel like it's a flashy signing, but it's a flashy signing because he's been a great player, not a great coach. Um, 
I don't know if it'll work, I guess, is what I'm kind of leading towards. Yeah, I don't think we have enough, enough, uh, we don't have enough time for him. He's had two, two gigs. We, I, I mean, I think he needs a little bit more, right? But I think this one will truly, we'll see whether he's got, a, he's got a good team, he's got a good player. Let's see, let's see what rolls out with it. Mm-hmm. So he's only so, with the Nets for one year and he was with the Bucks for four years. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to figure out how bad was, or good he did. He was mentioning that he did, did learn a lot, he did get a lot from the Lakers organization, right? They did go through that pandemic playoff. They did win the championship. And um, I don't know. I, I mean, I get we have, uh, you know, it's the Lakers, but I think you're, you're coming through a good system that knows how to win, what, what needs to be done to win. So maybe, maybe you learn a thing or two and we'll see what comes out of it. Yeah. Um, the, go ahead. I was going to say Dallas not was head coach was not the only position that Dallas felt right. They also brought a Nike executive into their front office to run uh, basketball Nico, operation. Nico Harrison as a GM. Mm-hmm. So I don't know anything about him. So I'm not going to pretend like I do. The only thing I did hear about him was that he was one of the front runners in the Nike organization that was working with Kobe on his, yeah. on his branding. And um, apparently he was Kobe's guy. So um perhaps that's promising but when you're doing basketball operations and you're running a brand it's completely different businesses so we'll see how well he does but i'm glad milwaukee or i'm sorry i'm glad dallas mixed it up because rick carlisle not a bad coach and obviously he picked up a job immediately with indiana um but it seemed like it was becoming stagnant and when you have a star like luca and you're not being able to advance past that round that you keep running into then you do need to mix things up yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Moving right to it. So I was gonna say, as as Rick Carlisle left, uh, Rick Carlisle left. Yep, he picked up the Pacers. Uh, coming back to the former stint that he had from what 2003-2007. So uh, not not a new place that he hasn't been before. But uh, I do like the mix up. Like you said, he's not a bad coach. Um, just if it doesn't work, sometimes you gotta switch it up. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at um, looking at what's his name. Pearson um, Kid's overall record was 183 wins 190 losses but one so two 50 50 uh, i mean three 100 not bad three winning seasons one season with milwaukee was bad but that was also i believe chris middleton's injury year so i mean so i'll say not terrible i mean he, he you, you see, see remember his, huh? yeah, no exactly you see much worse get more jobs yeah. scott brook <clears throat> sorry i had a little cough here um, yeah, you got that one. Well, I guess let's say let, let me keep rolling through this list and you yep. guys fill in wherever you feel. So someone that also got out uh, after one year. So, so New Orleans, Stan Van Gundy's out. Uh, still a TBD on who's coming in there. Orlando Magic. So uh, Steve Clifford and them agree to part ways as well. It's TBD. Don't know. Um, the next one. So Portland Trailblazers. Terry Scott's out. We got our man Chauncey Billups coming in. Is it uh, finalized? That- I know there's a lot of controversy around it about like uh, Chauncey Billups' pass and people getting really trying to cancel him for something that happened 25 years ago. Apparently, I won't go into a lot of it, but is that like ink is dried situation? I thought it was to go into it. What is the what is so, the situation? So what happened was on Twitter, people are canceling Chauncey Billups because there were sexual assault allegations for him, and I believe 96 or something. Mm-hmm. Charges were dropped. They were settled out of out of court. Mm-hmm. And nothing came after that. And then when he was going for this head co- coaching job, like Twitter blew up about that. And then people are calling da- Damien out about it. Like, oh, you, we, you know you have sign off on this. 
how come you, you don't say anything, right? And then pretty much Dame had a terrible response. And he said, yo, like, um, I wasn't watching the news when I was six or seven year, years old to know this happened, right? And then people are like, that's the most ignorant response you can have. You can easily look this up, right? And then yeah. he, backpedaled, he backpedaled more saying that he was not involved in the coaching process, which you know he was because mm-hmm. he said he wanted Jason Kidd or Chauncey Billups. And Jason Kidd got like pretty much ruled out because of the same situation that I believe he had domestic violence issues like at some point in his career. And mm-hmm. Portland doesn't want to be good is what's happening. Violence issues, yeah. yeah, so they are, so that's happening. And now this is where, I mean, we'll go into this in probably the next, next topic, right? about Dame leaving that this is like kind of what's fueling Dame leaving and it's like a whole it's a whole mess now because like Dame I think just wants to leave now because they're not building an organization around him which is fine I would rather him say that than it be because this Chauncey Billups hire that he was a part of right so that's that's why I was wondering if it's finalized because I guess I'm I guess I'm confused and perhaps some of our listeners are if Dame was involved in the coaching decision to bring on Phillips, then why would he want to leave? He's being, you know, because management is going to, out of their way to ask for his opinion in, I imagine, anticipation that he's going to be part of the team still. So that's the confusing part of it, because now he's denying that he was in it, involved in those conversations mm-hmm. um, on Twitter, because he literally responded to someone saying something along those lines. I, I don't have the quote, direct quote for it, but he's pretty much like, yo, like, I wasn't involved. And now he's kind of like, oh, if, you know, now I kind of want to, now I'm, he said now he's being pushed out, which isn't the case at all. That was like kind of one of the, the headlines. It wasn't Dame that said he's being pushed out, but it was someone that was close to Dame that's saying he's being pushed out. So it was like, a, it's a whole mess. That's why this whole Dame thing is coming up where Dame is going to move. And this kind of stemmed from this Chauncey Billup blow up at this point of like him getting canceled for that at this point. So. It's a mess. Like I don't know the I don't know the play by play per se. I kind of just watched this random YouTube video on it. And then I went back and kind of like looked at the tweets or that were on an article or something. And that's what I've inferred at this point. It's a confusing situation at this point. So yeah. Laker fan, I love it because that would be a wonderful addition. I don't know what it would cost and it would cost a lot. Yeah, I mean, exactly. What would you trade? I would trade LeBron. Not that the Lakers would, but um I would trade LeBron for Dame right now. Guarantee you, LeBron has a no trade clause. I guarantee you, he has a no trade clause. Even if he didn't, they wouldn't. Lakers wouldn't trade him, even though he's a um, depreciating asset on their roster. I, I don't think that he'll get there uh, just because of what has to be given up, and I don't think what we have to give up or willing to give up is even interesting enough for someone to want to. You'd have to give up Anthony Davis. Like that's- no, I give I give up Kuz. I give up Trez. Nobody wants Kuz. Nobody wants Gordon Trez. Tucker. Nobody wants Gordon and- Tucker. KCP. So some of, some of the and two first round picks. So some of the tier one teams that are being mentioned right now, like the tier ones that would be in contention: Golden State Warriors, 76ers, New Orleans Pelicans, the Knicks, and Toronto Raptors. They all as long have as they didn't, guys that can be shopped around. The I'm surprised the Sixers have a good situation where they can trade Ben Simmons, and you can give up. They said three first round picks. And um, Maxley, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting his na- first name. Um, because Maxley had a good, he had a good playoff. So he's a hot asset, which I don't even think they would want to give up because that's your future. Um, those two and three first round picks, that would be, I think, the best package you can probably put together. Benson is still a player. He's young. 
Yeah. He still plays defense. Maybe you can fix a shot. Maybe you can fix a shot. You got to think. I'm surprised Boston wasn't mentioned in that um, list. Fans have mentioned Boston. Well, you'd have to Boston give up Jalen Brown. Right, right on the cusp of right after there. So those, those are top five teams for tier one. Boston's maybe the sixth or seventh team mentioned. Boston should have kept Kemba for they this can, trade. They can offer Jalen Brown. Yeah, I don't know if they want to offer Jalen Brown. Obviously, they would never even consider offering Tatum as well. They shouldn't. Um, but if they still had Kemba as a piece, not that Kemba's amazing, but at least you're trading a point guard for a point guard. Um, and then you could have added more. But they've, thankfully, they've already given up Kemba. I don't, as a Laker fan, I don't want to see the Celtics. So the Knicks are interesting, right? Because they've got R.J. Barrett, who's still playing on that rookie deal. Um, so they got that cap space to absorb Lillard. Uh, mm-hmm. They have, what, let's see. Manual quickly, Mitchell Robinson, Obi Toppin, the throw-ins. Uh, yeah, all these te- all these teams got some some people to throw around. Dame is about to turn thirty-one in two weeks, so he's not young, but he doesn't look like he's slowed down. Um, we've seen him in the playoffs the last few years. If if this is your prime, if like if if this is what your prime is, he's not at the very top of his prime, slightly past it, but it's like right. there's still a good runway of like three or four more years of it. He's also a point guard. It's not like he's trying to dunk on people. Mm-hmm. New Orleans, got a, um, they've got an interesting group of players. You could do some random combination of Ingram, Jackson Hayes, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. You got Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart. You got people to play around with. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Um, I, if, it, I, if I was a wizard, I would package Russell Westbrook to first and somebody else. And be like, at least you'll have fun in Portland. At yeah. least it's fun, fun to watch, at least. Now that we're talking about the Wizards, let's talk about the local team. Because they also need a coach, right? I think they made the wise decision of moving on from Scott Brooks. Um, so Scott Brooks, what, almost five years, five, or five seasons, and one playoff series to show for it? Yeah, I don't know if anybody has his record in those five years with Washington. I um, but I doubt it's anywhere Good. Um, I don't even know if it's above 500 in these five years he's been here. The reason I thought he may keep his job is because he has a relationship with Russell so, Westbrook. Yeah, let me tell you, it's, he's 183 and 207, so he's not 500. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, did you know he's well over one, um, 500 in his career, though? He he's 521. Thank, KD. <laughs> yeah, you can thank KD, Harden, and Westbrook, who built that nice cushion for him early on. I mean, also oh, yeah. it didn't help, uh, obviously, having John Wall out for those couple of years as well. That obviously plays a pretty decent factor into it. But yeah, his first two seasons. If it doesn't work and you can't, you can't get it done, I mean, it's time to move on. You got you to gotta switch it up. I, okay, let me just say this about these Wizards and why they're stupid, okay? The reason Scott Brooks was not fired. His contract was up and they didn't rene- – the negotiations fell apart. That means they were actively trying to re-sign this idiot. And I am so appalled that that's what, what was happening. I'm hoping, I'm just glad that it happened, like that he's not coming back. But just how bad of a look is it that they even wanted him back in the first place? So I'm not, I'm not excited. I hope they bring in Sam Cassell or they bring Wes Unshell Jr. Because, you know, his dad played here. He's a like all-time bullet, but who won a championship here. But, or he was a rookie of the year. He was a first rookie of the year MVP. He was a rookie and an MVP. Um, but those are the only two people I want. I don't think Becky Hammond's coming here or anyone else. It's either, it's just 
Sam Cassell because he used to coach here, and Wes Unsell Jr. at this point. Those are the only two. Well, I actually think Becky Hammond has a bigger chance than you're giving her credit for. Um, Washington, as of late, has been about kind of being a pioneer in the league. Not that they're doing great when it comes to the competitive yeah. standpoint, but they drafted the first Japanese player ever in NBA history. They had the first openly gay player in the NBA with Jason Collins, which obviously they didn't know, and they, you can't really give them credit for that decision. It's not like it was up to them. But they have an opportunity to have the first female head coach in the NBA, and I feel like they like that type of kind of attention, that media recognition. Um, and honestly, she might be a great coach. Like, let's just talk about her from a talent perspective. Oh, no, no, She's no, no, learning no. from one of the best. She oh, might not no. be a bad candidate to consider. Oh, no, I would love to have her. But if I was her, I wouldn't come here. Yeah, I was just. I wouldn't come. I was going to say, I think that'd be awesome to add. But, you know, you're coming to a pretty shitty organization the way it's run. And that's something you want to step into. Mm-hmm. Like, also, yeah, I, I don't think like you're coming from Greg Popovich's like coaching tree. That's. That's more than I could ever ask for, right? But I, I don't think she would take the job here. I just don't. I don't see why you would. Wait another think, year. Get a better job. I think similar to exactly the reasons why you mentioned, you know, how they do do different things. I think they're also unconventional in ways where that this could burn them as well. They may try a season or two and then exit part ways in, in not the right manner. Also, no. Yeah. Also, I think I, I do think um, Becky Hammond's not going to get uh, is not going to get head coach this year. Because Greg Pop, what? Wait, got two more years left. He, she can take over this first organization. Why? Why? Why not just take over an organization that you've been with at this point? Um, yeah. I, I think it might be Sam Cassell, and Sam Cassell will be the best. He's been waiting for a head coach job for a long time. He's a players coach. He's been here. He was an assistant here with um, Randy Golden State. He's been a, yeah. He's been an assistant at a few teams. But yes, that should tell me something, right? That should tell me that this guy has wanted the job. This guy's been in many teens organizations, and why are we the only ones that would be considering hiring him? Why hasn't he made an op- uh, hire? Why hasn't he had an opportunity to be a head coach yet? And so, before I jump on the train and like quickly say, "Oh yeah, former player, get, bring him to my team," I gotta think for my set for a second and wonder why he hasn't been hired already. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it takes time. You have to find the right opportunity and stuff. I mean, he's been a head coach for, I think he was a head coach with us for like two years. He's only been a, like an assistant, sorry, not a head coach, an assistant coach for like six years out, out, out there. And it, it, it sometimes doesn't work out. I mean, there's big names that fly around and people, it's a revolving door of head coaches, right? So there's like plenty of head coaches that keep getting jobs for no reason, right? Like, yeah. So I mean, Van Gundy. it happens in like, think about like Van Gundy. Yeah. But like, think of like even college, right? Like the, the big issue with like college sports is like, you see all the same, like same few player, like not player, sorry. Coaches fail in different places and keep getting jobs. But what though? They've proven nothing. It's just like you have to get in first, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, look, look. We just talked about Jason Kidd, right? He's been fine so far, but why is he getting another job at this point? I yeah, mean, it's a network of who you know. No. I don't know. I think Sam Cassell would be worth the worth the risk at that point. I mean, can't be worse than Scott Brooks at this point. Can't be worse. I'll take Wes on Shell Jr. It's- his dad played here. I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. See what happens. Maybe I'll be the uh, head coach. Maybe they run out of options. They're like, hey, you on the street. Want to be the head coach? I'll be like, who, me? Yeah, big pay raise. That's for sure. Watch them not pay me more. They pay me less to do it. I do it. I get in the door. 
Then I'll be Scott Brooks in the league. <laughs> All right. Any other NBA news before we shift to a different sport? Uh, I don't think. Yeah, let's just do a quick, quick uh, two two second tidbit on. Uh, so I think last time we talked, we had the lottery NBA lottery go down. Oh yeah. Um, you know that we have uh, who ended up with the top pick was the Pistons, right? Yep. They're getting Cade Cunningham. Dude, Cade that's Cunningham. be crazy. He's the number one pick going to the Pistons. Yeah, then it's Houston, Cleveland, Toronto. That's the big one. That was a big shocker. Was it Toronto at four? So you said two is Houston, three is Cleveland, Toronto yep. at four. That is that is crazy. That's yeah. awesome for them because they weren't that bad, right? So they, the ping pong balls fell right where they needed to for them at this point. Not that they – I don't think they use ping pong balls anymore, but um, – Golden State at seven. Dude, yeah. I mean, think about it like this for Golden State. If you're Golden State, you – can trade Wiseman and that pick, which is going to be a decent player, package that for a star. You can get a star with that pack. I don't know who, but you could. I mean, that could be a Dame package where you could package him, Wiggins, and Wiseman and say, go ahead, and then get a veteran center and get Dame. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. It'll be interesting. There's a lot of teams here that aren't bad teams that happen to – just benefit from the way the thing ball, balls drop. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're OKC, you have to be pissed. OKC has I, to be pissed. I haven't, I haven't paid as much attention to how deep this draft goes, but it's obviously not like some of the other years, but it's still, I mean, they still could pick up the good players there. I think so. The top five is going to be top five to six is going to be good. Like Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, and like Kaminga, who played in the G League, uh, Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs was the Gonzaga guy, right? And then Jalen Green also Ford played in G League. Uh, hmm? uh, Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes is also in that top six conversation. So those like those six players are going to be people that can plug and play tomorrow, kind of situation. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're gonna have Cade Cunningham, those guys, Jalen Green, all these guys, and then from there you'll see how the rest shuffle out. Hot take: Houston next year, though they will not make the playoffs, will be like the ten seed, ten nine seed, in my opinion. They might just find their way into the playing tournament if we still do that next year. Because I think that they have Christian Wood, they'll get Evan Mobley, and they'll have Kevin Porter Jr. I don't know what they do with John Wall. And if they can just get like a random, like, okay guy in free agency, that team might be just like be one of like those like Charlotte Hornets next year. Hot take. Well, more to come. Just interesting yeah. that all the teams that are in there where it fell out. All right, Rosh, over to you. Where are you taking this? Um, I was going to talk about a little bit of football action. Um, so not all of us are fans of the local team here, but yeah, did you guys see the breaking news today? Yeah, yeah something is brewing. That's exactly what I was thinking. So just to recap for our listeners, today Dan Snyder announced that his wife, Tanya Snyder, is officially the co-CEO of the franchise and business operations. Now, one would think if they were naive that, oh, he's just doing this for the future outlook of the team. Um, Those of us who follow the team regularly immediately had a red flag raise in the back of our minds thinking, oh, this is an anticipation of something bad about Mm -hmm. to be released to the public. Um, So for those who already know, there's been a private investigation being done by a huge law firm in DC. And I can only imagine the bill rate that these attorneys are billing the <laughs> league in Washington. But Belk Wilkinson is a very well-renowned attorney in this market and in this country. And she's been tasked to run this investigation. 
and she's been running into roadblock after roadblock. Um, I bet the report that she has is ready to be released, but Dan Snyder has been holding it back. They've gone to court. There's been lawsuits. There's been private settlements that she wants to release that Dan Snyder is not allowing the NDAs that he has signed by other employees to be um, to be released. And now I think because of this announcement, it's literally probably within a week, we're going to have breaking news to report on this podcast about some crazy bomb that's going to be out, like just, just dropped on Washington. So legally speaking, what does this do for him? Like what, what is, like, I have no, I don't understand. Like if trying to save face, trying to save face, trying to be like, we're so sorry about the past. Look, we put a woman in charge of the business and they've been doing that progressively. Like uh, minority head coach, Jason Wright, minority in the business side, um, Julie Donaldson, head of media and marketing. The president president of the team, not the GM, the president, uh, I forgot the name you just said. He's really smart. And like, that was a really good hire. Like, I don't know. That's not a Washington hire, but so yeah, I don't know. He's a McKenzie guy. If you're familiar with consulting, oh, it's from the no, consulting he's a, world. Yeah. Go. He's got the Ivy league MBA and everything. He's um, a former player, right? Wasn't he a former yeah, he's player? a former player and insignificant, but former yeah. player running back Arizona Cardinals. Um, and I think, I mean, all of these guys individually, all of these women individually are more than qualified for the job. So I'm not saying that, They've been only handed these opportunities because of their minority status in one way or the other. But I do think this most recent announcement, hiring his wife as the CEO, is an anticipation of trying to mitigate any backlash they may be receiving here shortly. Did you read their, like, the things that they said? That they were like, oh, in the last three years or four years, they've only been in the um, re- um, Washington football team office. 29 days in like a year pretty much is what yeah. it turned down to be not like one I, if that was true we'd be better okay if that was true we'd be better and it, i don't know i i don't understand how that will protect you if it's if what comes out is really bad if they make you give up like relinquish your ownership yeah she owns some and her pa- his parents own some of the team right like it's like split up between the three of them why would they not force your family out too well yeah, I don't think they will. I think I think the league knows that whatever the report entails, they're going to be okay with it because they allowed Dan Snyder to buy out his minority share owner. Um, up until a couple months ago, uh, Dan Snyder only owned about 60% of his team. He was the majority owner, but there was another 40% owned by minority stakeholders. The league not only allowed Dan to buy out his minority owners, they gave him the loan to buy those. He like, Dan didn't have to go to get another private loan. The league itself took money out of its bank account, gave it to Dan so that he could use it to buy out his minority holders. I don't think the league does that unless the other 31 owners are okay with whatever this investigation is likely to report. How in Washington did we get stuck with all the worst ownership? The worst ownership across the board. Not like Ted Leonis is a terrible Washington, like basketball owner, but he's not a great, like, yeah, we want to, we won a Stanley Cup, but then you wa- let the coach walk out for nothing, for a little bit of money. Yep. And then you have the, the learner, was it learner, right? Ownership mm-hmm. The learners, yeah. You won't pay anybody that hits the ball. And that's where we keep getting screwed over every year is that we'll have great pitching, but if no one hits, yo, if they hit one run, we still lose. Like, how do you not understand baseball at this point? Like, it's, how do you not understand simple math? One is more than zero. 
Like, I don't understand. Like, it's funny you mention that because Sherber and the Nats actually are on a tear right now. I like, know, they, I know. They've won 11 of the last 12 games. Um, and he's, he's hit a home run 15 out of 17 games, right? It's a, it's a MLB record. I, I get it. But, like, how many times are you going to rely on this luck of Rendon coming on or Juan Soto coming on or this situation coming on? Like, I don't, I don't know when you won't learn the situation. Like, just pay someone to hit the damn ball at this point. The unfortunate thing is, if this news was going to break like two years ago while Bruce Allen was here, or even last year, I would have been completely fine with it. Now I'm a little bit sad it's going to come out because I feel like there's been so much positive momentum for this team and this like franchise as a business. Like Ron Rivera has done a great job changing the culture. The people in charge in the business side, that Julie Donaldson that I mentioned, Jason Wright that I mentioned, they've been doing such a good time, a good job of like just making it feel like the business is finally being run by competent, credible people. And now I feel like this news, once it breaks, it's just going to wipe out all this positive momentum. Like we won the division, sure, with a 7-9 record, but at, at the end of the day, you did win the division, which just adds on to this positivity that's been around the team. It seems like it's a ripe situation for Jeff Bezos to buy the team. I just think that's what it is. I think we're the oh, perfect, I'd be we're, so happy. We're, we're the Whole Foods of the NFL right now. Like everything is all right. You know, we just need new ownership at this point. All right, we need new own. And listen, we can be on top. You got the black cloud that's still hovering over top of you. You just need to go away. I mean, and guess what? I Jeff Bezos has a rocket can push that thing away for us. I'm just saying. Some people do speculate that the reason Washington hasn't picked a name yet is to leave it the way it is, so that if they sell the team, they're allowing the new owner the opportunity to name the team. And that only raises the value for Dan to sell it. Like he's able to increase his price because the team still has an empty spot for a name. The Washington Primes. Washington <laughs> that would be Primes. funny. <laughs> um, honestly, if Bezos buys this team in, in, at any point during my lifetime, I would be ecstatic. Um, I'm fine with anybody else owning this team at this point. I'm fine. As long as I'm headly on this, because he obviously doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Or yeah. Warner. Yeah. At this um, but yeah, in a sport where it's dead season for the for NFL right now, um, I thought that was one interesting piece of NFL news coming out. And next week, we may know an answer to why Tanya Snyder has become the uh, surprise CEO, or we still may be waiting in the shadows. But I think it's what if soon. he set his wife up to get, take the brunt of everything? No, nah, no, nah, she wasn't in charge when this stuff was happening, and she's co CEO, so she's not even. Um, the sole CEO. That's fair. Oh man, I, I hate. Oh man, have you? Did you see the meme of it? Um, did you watch um the show on Netflix with um? Sorry, that's my dog. Um, that the one with Kevin Spacey, the the show on Netflix where he's the president. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I know the show. I forget the name too. Yeah, it's Mark. him and his huh. House of Cards? What? House of Cards, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Where it's him and his wife, and they're like, this is Dan Snyder and Tanya Snyder right now. And it's them two, those evil people. And I was like, oh, my God. Something That's bad funny. happened. So, yeah. Now, Tanya Snyder is actually, I mean, not like I know her, but from what I've always read about her, she's always been involved in the organization outside of the team, but like charitable foundations and helping the communities in D.C. So, like, I think this is a good decision for the future, but I don't think they're making the decision name her CEO um, because they want the business to improve. I think they're trying to cover face. Wasn't it everything outside of the organization, outside of football, that was a problem? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to put that on her, but I'm just saying. 
All right, what else do we have? We have um, one game into the NHL Stanley Cup Finals for anyone watching. Lightning um, stole the first game. I don't know if you guys are following hockey. I thought I was going to check out. I continued following Barry Trotz. I was hoping he'd make it to the finals. Unfortunately, game seven, they lost. Um, yeah. We have the Euro um, soccer championship tournament going on. Um, we're in the quarterfinals starting on Friday and Saturday. And um, baseball is in the heat of the season. So there's not really much to go on. But the Nats are on Olympics. a tear, which is awesome. Olympics are starting. The Olympics are starting. That's US right. Has a, U.S. has a decent basketball team. That's what I'll be watching. I mean. Yeah, they're stacked. It's just like, how is, how is any team going to beat Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal? Like, that's like their starting lineup. I don't know what team is going to beat that. Like Bradley Beal's in the starting lineup? I don't know who's in the starting lineup, but he's playing. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he's coming off the bench. I mean, I think that his and Devin Booker's game work very well for, like, the Olympic game. Like, is Booker playing? I believe so. Yeah. I believe he's going to play. You've got Bam, Beal, Booker, Durant, Jeremy Grant, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Zach Levine, Elo, Kevin Love, Chris Middleton, and Jason Taylor. Kevin Love hmm. is playing? Kevin I didn't know he's still playing basketball. Cleveland. Oh, man. He must be mad bored in Cleveland. Like, yo, I'll go to Japan. I'll go. Obviously, love our favorite. So we got Greg Popovich. Yeah. Uh, Assistant coach Steve Kerr, Lloyd Pierce, Jay Wright, uh, Gary Cole, Angelo. So, should be yeah. fun. God bless Cleveland. I I don't know what Cleveland has done in their history, but God must love that city because I, I saw something absurd. Like they've had a top three pick in the NBA draft seven out of the last ten years or something. You know what they did, right? They mm. sucked. Ooh, they were just bad was it, at basketball. Was it Anthony, Anthony Bennett, right? Is that yes. what it was? They whiffed on that one. Um, you got like a generational player in LeBron on that one, and then they drafted the top one and traded, and then yeah, it's just they never keep anything. They got two generational players in the same in two decades back to back. Yep, that's pretty impressive. Kyrie and LeBron, lucky bastards. Lucky, oh man. Anyways, I guess this is it. I mean, we'll we'll talk free agency soon because that will lead to um, Colin Sexton might get traded. But there's nothing that's not gonna happen until the season's over, so it doesn't matter right now. I would love him on the wizard. Mm, he's all right. All right, boys. We'll see you next week on Icon Next. Please follow us on the respective social media websites. And until then, we'll see you next week when hopefully we have the NBA Finals matchup locked in. Um, Stanley Cup Finals may be almost done and we'll still be here. And the Olympics will start, so there you go. It'll all happen. All right, y'all. Have a good day now. Bye. Stay safe. Peace.